Hey guys, Justin here. It's Full Live Athlete Pastor Channel. Day 29 of the Online Bible Reading Club. Today we've got Exodus 21 and 22 and Matthew 19. So I don't want to talk too much about details today. There's so much in there you can talk about. But let me give you just a theme. And the theme is today is what is the use of the law? Now, last time we talked about the Ten Commandments, the moral law is useful because it reveals who God is and what he what he de desires of us what we're to be like as we image him as his image bearers now as you think about uh, these people Israel are a nation that has been brought out of slavery and that's how God identifies himself as he presents the Ten Commandments in, in chapter 20 verse 1 as you get to 21 you'll see that uh, he's gonna give them laws set before them and the first one he gives after a, a, a brief mention of altars and worship in the previous chapter is one on how to relate to slaves. And this is huge because uh, business and, and agricultural business particularly, uh, you're going to need a lot of people to do this. A lot of people to, and a lot of people are going to need work. And so slavery is going to be the way this is going to be accomplished. Well, it's not like the slavery that you think about in America. It was just a normal uh, normal part of life. A lot of people were slaves. Most people were. And so it, it's going to deal with how do you deal with your slaves or, in this sense, your employees. God doesn't outlaw slavery. I mean, but, but the way you relate to someone who works for you in this manner is different if you know the Lord your God as your Redeemer. Think about it. What he's asking them to do in verse 2 is to treat a slave as you treat a member of your family. You, you, they're going to work for you for six years, but then on the seventh year, you're going to turn them loose, set them free for no price at all. Wait, that's that's a, taking a huge hit to your business, uh, but it's fair. It's equity. It's, 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 it's treating people with dignity and honor and respect. Uh, they need you to supply them with food and shelter, and you give them that, but then you give them the freedom uh, graciously after a time, and, and you image God in that way. Well, what we want to see now is, is, is in government, we actually a lot of times today want government to make laws that are going to force us to treat each other with dignity and honor and respect, but law can't do that. You know, if you think about your company and, and and, and, you know, it's like you don't have to fire people, but if you did, uh, it'll make your company go up in value. Well, a lot of people would, would say, oh, sorry, I can't help you. I've got to, I'm gonna, we're going to lay people off here because this will help the, the bottom line for our company. Well, think about that. You're hurting people, but it helps you. Well, that's not the Bible's way of dealing with people. We deal with people by grace uh, because that's who we have known. We've known God's grace, so in, in Christ... We deal with people graciously and, and abundantly. We give them way more than, than, we, than they deserve because we have not received what we've deserved. Christ has taken on um, graciously uh, all of our sins upon his body and has been um, our sacrifice so we can relate to God by grace. Uh, and that is, that's a key component is, is law can't change you, but grace will make you a new creature. And that way you're going to deal with people with, with, with integrity and, and treat them as you treat your own child and your own family members. Uh, and that's how you think about slaves. They've only known, uh, th th these people have known slavery their whole lives. They've been born into slavery. There's no one in this, in this group except Moses, really, who wasn't a slave growing up. 
and they've been enslaved by a nation that that actually condones you know bestiality one of the, one of the rules in here in verse 20 or chapter 22 is about bestiality uh, sorcery uh, beating up people you know and treating people horribly uh, and worshiping um, all, all kind of uh, in all kind of crazy ways worshiping creation and so they, they've been in a barbaric land oppressed by a barbaric ruler and and God's going to give them a new way a righteous and holy way uh, that's going to imitate God in the way that they relate to people. So we can't expect God to change people, uh, or we can't expect the law to do that, but God's grace can. So you think about the law of God, it makes us see that we need God when it's operating according to grace and God's at work in it. Otherwise, it just heaps up condemnation on us because we can't do it. So we must understand that. Uh, and so as you look through these these laws, about social justice, uh, you, you can't expect us to be able to legislate people into heart change. Only God can change our hearts. And, and you see that, Jesus, when, you're, when you turn over to Matthew 19, and you talk about the, the, the rule of the law and what the law is for, if you look at this whole chapter, you'll see several things here about divorce. First of all, it says in verse 8, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives, because your hearts were hard. You know, God doesn't desire divorce because divorce or marriage, in fact, is to uh, paint a picture of what Christ and the church are like. Go look up Ephesians 5, 22 through 33. Uh, marriage is supposed to image that. So, but because our hearts are, our, our hearts are hard, uh, there's going to be sin that's going to destroy marriages and, and, and divorce is permitted, Right. So the heart is a, th is a thing here, and there's going to be biblical reasons to get a divorce, right? Um, and Jesus says uh, to them, you know, it's like uh, you, you, some, many of you are called to marriage. Some aren't, but, but if you are, then, then whatever your calling is, go for it. Uh, he talks about, the, again, the little children. Uh, he's mentioned this before. He's placed his hands on them. He blessed them. Uh, that's a prayer for them. Uh, to, you know, and, and like he's dedicating them. He loves the children and he wants them, wants us to know that children are very important in his kingdom. Uh, children are important. We shouldn't destroy children or diminish children because uh, the, every single person, though the most uh, insignificant people, and the children were the insignificant people, uh, they're important to God. They're treasured to him. Okay, so understand that. And you look at the final um, verses, and this is where the law comes in again. Jesus uses the law as an evangelistic tool here. You see there, uh, Jesus uh, is confronted by this, uh, this man. And um, he says, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? And I'm sure every preacher is like, Well, man, why would, I wish you would ask me that. And I could tell you. But what does Jesus say? He says, Why do you call me good? And there's no one good but God. Uh, and then he says, uh, Well, here's what you do. Keep all the commandments, the ones we just read about in Exodus 20. He says, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, um, do not give false testimony. And he says, uh, love your neighbors yourself, honor your father and mother, all these. And then the, the young man says, all these I've kept. What do I still lack? And he says, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor. And you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. So you got a couple options here. What is he saying here? What is, he, is he saying that? Really, what you need to do in order to enter the kingdom of heaven is to sell all your possessions and have no private property and give it away and just give to the poor and then like become a poor person. Is that what he's saying? No, that's not what he's saying. That doesn't make sense with anything that Jesus says elsewhere. 
what's he saying? He's speaking to this person directly. And what he's doing is he's, he's taking the law and he's exposing him uh, for what he is. He's a worshiper of another God. He's a worshiper of mo- money. So he says he's kept all the commandments regarding loving people, right? But really what Jesus is doing when he says, hey, you got it. Well, why don't you sell all that you have then? Well, if he truly uh, doesn't have a God uh, of money, then he would be, okay, all right, I'll do that. But if his God is, I must have a certain amount of wealth and I can't do that, then he's not going to do it. He's going to serve that God. He's going to serve, I have to have these possessions. I, I must get these things. Well, the young man heard in verse 22 and went away sad because he had great wealth. So what we should say at that point is, I do worship a false God of money. And I need you, Jesus, to change my heart, forgive me, and make me righteous, Declare, I mean, to save me from my sin of idolatry. I love money too much. You're right. But he doesn't. He's like, I'd rather have my money than have this kingdom of God. And so uh, Jesus says there it's hard for someone to enter the kingdom of heaven, right? The rich to enter the kingdom of heaven, right? Uh, It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than someone who's rich to enter the kingdom of God. And they say, this is astonishing. Uh, Who then can be saved? And And Jesus says, it's impossible. It's impossible for man to be saved. But with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. So I want you to consider that if you are a believer in Christ, it is the greatest miracle you'll ever experience. It's impossible for you. But with God, all things are possible. Your law-keeping couldn't do it. Certainly your law-keeping couldn't do it. But God made a way through Christ Jesus accomplishing your salvation and the Holy Spirit applying it to you. I hope that encourages you today. Uh, Go back and read through these verses and enjoy it. God bless. I'll see you next time on day 30.